That was one unforgettable year. It's hard to imagine that 2021 is finally over. At times it flew by, but there were a lot of points when you said, please, isn't it over yet? We're about to start a new year with lots of hope for the future, despite the continuing challenges. Before we look ahead, which we will do in the next episode, let's take the opportunity to reflect on the past year. You may recall that we aired episode 121 in early January with the title, What's Next? It included our bold predictions for the year ahead. In hindsight, it proved a pretty good roadmap for what we would experience. When this episode aired, Donald Trump was entering the final week of his presidency. Joe Biden was warming up, and we'd just come off the fateful U.S. Capitol trespassing incident of January 6th, a.k.a. the insurrection Armageddon. We warned that Democrats would make far more of the incident than most Americans, and that's proven to be the case. They claimed it was much worse than 9-11. Most Americans just yawned and changed the channel. What we saw from the media and the far left, however, was little more than a power grab. And it was pretty much what we predicted in our episode, Playing for Keeps, that had aired just before the election. We warned that Biden had shifted hard to the left and would vilify Republicans. That's absolutely been the case. Even worse, the Biden team has been determined to divide America by vaccination status, even ignoring the science of natural immunity to further their political agenda. Well, we'll begin our review with a look at politics from 2021. We'll then dive into the economy and investments, and we'll wrap up with a review of some of the solutions that we outlined this past year and how they can make a real difference in the new year. Let's start with politics. This is the year that the leftists went for broke. They rolled out the worst policies imaginable. They were hoping Americans would be too asleep, stunned, or sick to fight back. The good news? They miscalculated. Liberty-minded Americans have grabbed the momentum. Let's see if we can take advantage of it. We'll cover eight examples of significant political happenings in 2021, presented in no particular order. Number one, the recognition of serious election irregularities. Remember, we told you, or we were told actually in 2020, that it was the most secure election in history. Well, after reflection and the start of state audits like Arizona, it's become obvious that the last election was an absolute mess. Despite most of the media silencing anyone who even raised a question about the possibility of fraud, most Americans know something was very wrong. In fact, even respected left-leaning pollsters have to admit that a large percentage of Americans believe that Biden won only by fraud. Look at this headline from The Hill reporting on the Monmouth poll. One-third of Americans believe Biden won because of voter fraud. And that leads us to example two. Maybe the reason that people see fraud more clearly is that the truth has gotten out regarding Biden and Trump. Regarding Biden, we now know with certainty that the famous Hunter Biden laptop was his and was real. There's no longer any question about this, even if the major media has tried to ignore it. This means that Hunter Biden really was involved in all sorts of sleaze. He was taking lots of money from the Chinese and others, compromising our security, and his father, Joe Biden, is the big guy demanding his cut. Now, regarding Trump, we know that the Russian collusion story was a complete fabrication by the Hillary Clinton campaign. The Durham team is systematically proving it and showing the goods with criminal indictments. 
The FBI appears very culpable and highly politicized to have promoted this garbage. Speaking of politicized, example number three is the pushback on the bureaucracy and media vaccine narrative of 2021. That narrative is now under assault. States like Florida have stood up to preserve individual liberty and freedom of choice. And the courts are stepping up. The Biden team used a workaround to circumvent the law using OSHA. Take the jab or lose your job. But the courts are starting to intervene. Does OSHA have the authority to mandate vaccinations? And also the medical community is stepping up. Lots of doctors and nurses are now speaking out. Did you know that one third of hospital workers have so far refused to take the vaccine, according to the CDC, as explained in this Forbes headline? Nearly one third of healthcare workers in U.S. hospitals still not vaccinated, CDC study finds. Even the media is slowly beginning to recognize that vaccine effectiveness wanes and there's real value to natural immunity. The point is this. There is no one size fits all vaccine policy that makes sense. And America is beginning to recognize that. Point four, excessive wokeness is being criticized by Democrats on the left. James Carville, the architect of the Clinton years, he's called out AOC for going too far. Even Bill Maher, the liberal comedian commentator, is now regularly swiping at the leftists. Take a look at this headline from KATV.com. It says, Bill Maher argues against wokeness, warns Dems have become a party of no common sense. It's a major development. The leftists have gone too far for liberals, and this division has become obvious to the American people. Average Americans can't identify with the left and certainly don't want to be ruled by them. Smart liberals know this, and the truth is out. Point five, critical race theory, a.k.a. CRT, has been exposed as toxic, and people don't want it in the education system. School board elections are now seen as important. Parents are evaluating curriculum. There were major victories in the 2021 election. And the Justice Department has been exposed as hyper-political, essentially equating parents who care about their children and what they're taught with domestic terrorists. They can deny it all they want, but the FBI memo and Attorney General Garland's actions show the truth, as explained in this headline from the New York Post. It's the White House sicking the FBI on parents who question CRT nonsense. Point six, self-defense is illegal, and the Kyle Rittenhouse case was not about race. Any honest American who followed this story knows that the prosecution had no case. The videos clearly show that Kyle Rittenhouse acted in self-defense, and the jury agreed. And every honest American paying attention understood that those who Kyle shot, they're not heroes, and they weren't black. They were white men acting criminally and with criminal records. The media was caught in lie after lie, hoping to provoke racial tension. But America saw through that to the truth. Take a look at this headline from Yahoo News. Kyle Rittenhouse's trial exposes biases among left-leaning media. Point seven, the Afghanistan withdrawal was an absolute failure. We left Americans behind and a lot of valuable equipment. Even as the Biden White House tried to put a positive spin on it, Americans understood the price of blood and treasure that we sacrificed in Afghanistan only to see this administration throw it away. A Reuters headline in late August explained that less than 40 percent of Americans approve of Joe Biden's handling of U.S. military withdrawal from Afghanistan and three quarters wanted U.S. forces to remain in the country until all American civilians could get out. 
We're going to take a break. When we return, we'll tell you the real winners from Afghanistan and how this debacle has shifted American opinion. Before the break, we were discussing the tragedy of our withdrawal from Afghanistan. We're clear losers, despite our commitment of blood and treasure over the years. But there were winners, not the least of which is our old enemy, the Taliban. And there's this quote from Defense One. The ultimate winner of two decades of war in Afghanistan is likely China. The aircraft and armored vehicles left behind when U.S. forces withdrew will give China, through their eager partners, the Taliban, a broad window into how the U.S. military builds and uses some of its most important tools of war. Expect the Chinese military to use this windfall to create and export to client states a new generation of weapons and tactics tailored to U.S. vulnerabilities, said several experts who spent years building, acquiring, and testing some of the equipment that the Taliban now controls. That's sad. Point number eight. All the points one through seven get supercharged with point eight. President Biden's increasing signs of incompetence and dementia have led to a massive cratering in his polling numbers. We've all seen examples of Biden snoozing at world summits. There were rumors that he soiled his pants or was so flatulent that other world leaders refused to stand next to him. We've heard the verbal gaffes. We've watched him slip on the steps of Air Force One. We've seen him wandering around during press briefings. All of these have become a national joke. No wonder his polls are in the toilet. Even the liberal ones. Take a look at this headline from New York Post. Biden approval rating hits a new low of 36 percent in Quinnipiac poll. Those are not good numbers for anyone. In fact, they're even slightly below a comparable poll for Trump at the same point in his presidency. And that's with the massive favorable media air covered provided. The bottom line, 2021 was the year that the lies of the left were exposed. To recap 2021, I'd like to use our own version of the Wayback Machine from Mr. Sherman and Peabody to take you back to some of the things that we said at the start of the year. Then we'll see how close we were to the target. Let's watch. In addition, we'll have lots of financial upheaval that you may have to face. For example, there are strong signals that inflation is about to return in a big way. You likely noticed the last time you visited a store or got takeout from a restaurant. Price pressures are enormous, and there's been so much money printing to keep the economy afloat during the pandemic. At the same time, China has gotten increasingly aggressive. The Chinese have plans to become the dominant economy in the world over the next five years and to punish anyone who stands in their way. At the same time, we have a stock market that is at all-time highs despite the economic problems of a global pandemic and despite the huge huge change in policies that we can expect from a Biden-Harris administration. Now, add to all of that, the American companies have decided now, all of a sudden, they're going to get highly political with your money. Okay, stop the tape. We pointed out four economic trends that should have been obvious at the time but were largely ignored by the media. Here are the four. First, we said inflation would become a big problem, and it has. But the economists and the media simply ignored it until recently. They kept claiming that it was transitory. Even as late as July, Paul Krugman of the New York Times was claiming that inflation had died and wouldn't be a problem. Check out the headline. The weak inflation panic died. Remember, when everyone was panicking about inflation, warning Ominously about 1970s type stagflation. Okay, many people are still saying such things. 
Some because that's what they always say. Some because that's what they say when there's a Democrat president. Some because they're extrapolating from the big price increases that took place in the first five months of the year. But for those paying closer attention to the flow of new information, inflation panic is, you know, so last week. All right. You knew better, and so did we. In fact, we aired two episodes in February that explained just how Biden's policies would feed inflation. We shared that Biden was following the path of Jimmy Carter, and that would mean massive price hikes. Here's a clip. One of the key differences, however, has been reported inflation. When Carter took office, prices had been rising at a stellar clip for a couple of years, nearing double digits at times. By contrast, the estimated inflation rate for last year was under 1%. Unfortunately, that may be all about to change. In the 1960s, inflation was low, but a global shock changed everything. In the four years of Jimmy Carter, the annual inflation rate rose from 5.7% before he took office to 13.5% when he left. A lot of this was due to stimulative monetary policy and massive government spending. Sadly, we see those same combination of massive government spending and stimulative monetary policy at work today, and it looks like it's only going to get worse under the Biden administration. So let's discuss a few of the policies that the Biden administration plans to implement that will directly impact you and stoke the inflationary fires. For starters, think about energy. It's essential to your well-being. If gas prices rise, your wallet is impacted. You use energy to heat and cool your home, to run appliances, and to fuel your transportation. When energy prices rise, you pay. The Biden administration wants higher energy prices to reduce consumption and make alternatives more competitive. Think about that. The Biden administration wants higher energy prices so you'll reduce your consumption and they want to make alternatives more competitive. The Biden administration wants to end the use of fossil fuels, even though they are by far the most economical choice at present. Even though Biden denied that he wanted to ban fracking, he said that in the debates. No, I don't want to ban fracking. There are dozens of times before that that he said just the the opposite. He does want to ban fracking. This would end the shale revolution and result in higher prices. It would even help Russian and Middle East oil producers. When you realize that the cost of almost everything has an energy component, you can see that higher energy prices will impact everything else. Beyond that, Biden has floated the idea of a $15 an hour minimum wage. That would be a direct and permanent increase in the cost of labor. Think about what what that would do to startup businesses. If you want to go get some fast food, think of what doubling the labor cost would do to the cost of your next Big Mac. Then there's the issue of regulation. According to the Mercatus Center at George Mason University, the data show that a 10% increase in total regulations leads to a 0.687% increase in consumer prices. President Trump slashed regulation, but Biden promises to increase it. So a 30% increase in regulation, which is something we can expect, would add 2% to the inflation rate just by itself. Then there's the issue of higher taxes. Biden has endorsed an increase in the corporate tax rate from 21 to 28 percent. The problem is that corporations don't really pay taxes. They just pass them along in the form of higher prices to consumers, or they cut wages, or they cut dividends. 
but all thing, other things being equal, they pass along higher taxes in the form of higher prices. Inflation, which had run about 1% last year, was reported at over 6% in October, as shown in this chart from the U.S. Inflation Calculator. That's the highest reported rate in 30 years. This is a major change from what economists and the media were telling us, and it is clearly the number one economic story of 2021. The number two story of the past year may be the huge stock market gains. As we explained in the What's Next episode, the stock market maintained all-time high levels and even pushed to new heights in 2021 with the Dow racing past 36,000. Was this justified? Only time will tell. But the underlying economy slowed and inflation seems likely to force the Federal Reserve into hiking interest rates. The number three economic story of 2021 has to be how far woke that a corporate America has become. We covered that a lot in the economic war room. This is corporate America no longer caring about you with their customers or shareholders. How else do you explain Coca-Cola telling employees to be less white or attempting to interfere in the Georgia election integrity laws? The truth is out there for anyone willing to look for it. We need to take a break. When we come back, we'll dive into woke and China a bit more. More importantly, we'll also recap some of the solutions that we outlined in 2021 and how we can implement them going forward. We were clear at the start of the year that woke corporations would be a big deal in 2021. If anything, we underestimated just how big a deal it would be. Take a look at this headline from the New York Post this past summer. Woke Inc. Why I'm blowing the whistle on how corporate America is poisoning society. Unless you've been hiding in your basement, you get it. This was a major issue the past year, just as we predicted it would be. So we had it right about a massive inflation increase, new highs in the market, despite a struggling economy, and corporate America gone woke. Point number four. The only other major prediction we made is that China would shed any pretense and make it plain that they want to dominate the global economy by any means possible. That's clearly been the case, even though compromised Biden and his team have bought off and the bought off American media won't admit it. We knew that China would stop at nothing to dominate the global economy, and we felt that the world would finally begin to wake up. Let's watch a clip from a show we recently aired with Gordon Chang to explain just how right our prediction was. The Chinese believe that they should rule the world, and they're even talking now about ruling the near parts of the solar system. Mars and the moon. Um, so, yes, we do got to talk about China when we discuss this because their ambitions are the greatest of any leader in history, Xi Jinping. It really is scary. And, and I've seen, you know, who his heroes, uh, Mao, Hitler, uh, Stalin, are the heroes of this guy. And, and he's just awakened the rest of the world to what a threat China can be under communist rule. Yeah. When you talk about health, for instance, talk about coronavirus, I mean, the estimates the number of deaths are controversial, but Johns Hopkins says 4.7 million people. I mean, and this is something that Xi Jinping, he deliberately did. He, we don't know how this thing started, uh, probably a lab leak, but we do know that Xi Jinping lied about contagiousness. He told the world it was not transmissible when he knew that it was highly contagious. And then he pressured other countries to accept arrivals from China without restriction while he was locking down his own country. You put those two things together, and the only explanation is that he wanted to spread this disease beyond China's borders, which means that those 4.7 million people, each one is a murder. Wow. 
And it, and it does look like it was purposeful, at least in response, certainly, um, maybe perhaps even in, in the original release. But he also went further. He influenced the major organizations. He influenced Lancet. He influenced uh, the World Health Organization. I mean, he was really pushing this narrative that we swallowed hook, line, and sinker here in America. Yes, and, and, and that really dominated the conversation. Uh, and it did, you know, it's like these tipping point things. Um, he, he was just setting the global narrative until people had enough. And it's, I sort of look at it as uh, the World Health Organization's mission to um, Wuhan in January and February of this year. Um, once they issued their report um, a few months later, people said, oh my gosh, this is not right. You know, you had the World Health Assembly meeting, China said no more investigations on, China's, on Chinese soil, and then people understood, some of them for the first time, that Beijing was hiding information. And that crystallized views, not only in the United States, but elsewhere. Looking back on the year, I believe we nailed both the political and the economic side of things. Our What's Next episode was right on target. And throughout the year, we covered the most important stories. We can do that because we have the best and the brightest minds coming into the economic war room on a regular basis. We distill their incredible thinking into bite-sized, half-hour weekly chunks for you to easily digest. We go a step further by providing a powerful economic battle plan each week with a show recap in printed form, action steps you can take, and links to the key research that went into the show so you can validate it for yourself. This past year, we had incredible guests. And we don't just feature sound bites when we have a guest in the studio. We go in-depth, and we let you hear what they're really thinking. In 2021, we had amazing guests, including Dr. Ben Carson, Nigel Farage, David and Tim Barton, Gordon Chang, Lieutenant General Stephen Quast, former Congresswoman Michelle Bachman. These are the newsmakers and the people of real influence, and they come here because they care about America, and equally they care about you, your family, and your future. It's hard to explain to you how all these important people view you and the economic war room as essential to saving America. That's why they come here. And that's how we've been able to develop the practical and reasonable solutions for the complex and difficult problems that we're facing. In the past year, we've given you a prescription for healing America for Dr. Ben Carson. That was episode 136 a constitutional plan to protect our money supply using gold and the blockchain. That was episode 146, and we just re-aired it. And a practical way to end woke and take back common sense into America, as explained in episode 134. We also explained Bitcoin in episode 128. We provided a six-step action plan to save America in episode 150. We did a deep dive on the threats that you and our nation face in episode 144. Every week, we covered the critical issues in politics, economics, and investing. We even gave you an action plan to protect your computers in episode 151. You can go back. You can watch any or all of those programs. And if you do, you'll see how working together, we can address the serious problems. We can protect America and protect your finances and your family. There's no other place like the Economic War Room. We're not a talking head show designed to outrage you. We try to offer a solution for every problem and something that you can do as an individual working together with others to make a genuine and meaningful difference in our world. We focus on economics, which really means we talk about things dealing with money. 
Jesus taught about money a lot because, well, sometimes it is all about the money. Jesus shared in Luke 16, 11, paraphrased, If you're not faithful with your money, no one's ever going to trust you with true riches. Our goal is to help you weaponize your money, your spending, your giving, and your investing. Wall Street and the deep state want to control you with your money. We want you to take back your authority and use your money to control them. After all, it is your money. Are you spending in line with your values? Or are you funding the destruction of your values? Woke corporations don't exist without customers. Are you giving to good causes? Are your investments supporting your family and what you believe in? I know it can get complicated. That's why we put all of this into bite-sized chunks for you weekly. That's why we produce a weekly economic battle plan that you can download free. We'll even send you a weekly email reminder with a link to the new show. Just give us your name and email address at our website, economicwarroom.com. Click on the red box that says Battle Plans. And now, starting in the new year, we're going to take it a step further. We're finally launching our advisor training program. Many of our viewers have said that they want their financial advisor, stockbroker, financial planner, CPA, insurance agent, to know what we cover on this show. That's why we developed a special training program to go into even greater depth with professional advisors. We don't give financial advice because we have no idea what your personal situation is, but your financial advisor does. So we take our knowledge of what's happening and the tools we use and make them available in the form of an eight-week online advisor training course. There's nothing like it anywhere in the world. We give your advisor in-depth access to our latest research and also to the top minds who come through the war room, like Dr. Carson, General Quast, Gordon Chang. They're all available to answer questions or carry on in-depth discussions. You should want your advisor to go through this training. More importantly, your advisor should want to go through it. How else can they serve you properly? If you have an advisor, nominate them for training at economicwarroom.com forward slash advisor. If they're not interested, you may need another advisor. I'm telling you, there are plenty of advisors who would love your business and are willing to help you weaponize your money. Our goal is to train 10,000 financial advisors over the next five years, representing $1 trillion of capital. Those who go through our training will be eligible to join the NSIC Institute. NSIC stands for National Security Investment Consultant. We're also developing a client track for those of you who manage your own money. This is going to be a great new year. Everything we've talked about will be summarized in our free economic battle plan. Remember, get your copy at economicwarroom.com. And... Remember, what we see as a marketplace, our enemies view as a battle space. This is Kevin Freeman from The Economic War Room.